Hello and welcome to the Hoopla Impro podcast, the podcast all about the who, what and where of improv. My name's Leo Maxwell and each week I'll be interviewing great improvisers to pick their brains for top tips, favourite exercises and even the odd bit of juicy improv goss along the way. Today's guest is Monica Gaga. Not only is she a performer with Do The Right Scene and Derek's Mojo, Monica also hosts some of the best nights the London improv scene has to offer, bringing shows to life with her trademark warmth and infectious enthusiasm. She's also a champion of diversity in improv, particularly trying to get as many black and minority ethnic people involved as possible. In this episode, Monica gives her top tips for hosting a great improv show, how you can start your own two or three person improv group, and the role we can all play in increasing BAME representation in improv. She also lifts the lid on what it's like to be invited to play with the legendary Comedy Store Players. Enjoy. Monica Gaga, welcome to the Hoopla Impro Podcast. Well, hello, Leo, and thank you for having me. How are you? Um, uh, do you know what? I'm doing okay, and these connections from a distance with lots of different people, it's just, yeah, it's, it's keeping my spirits up and it's keeping me good. Excellent. Yeah, I um, I went through that crazy bit of thinking about shaving off my hair, and then oh, I just oh, wow. sha- then I shaved off my beard instead, which was equally as horrifying because I looked like Neville Longbottom. You have got a ne- Neville Longbottom vibe, but do you know what? He's hot. He is hot. He's hot now, but what, I don't I... look. I don't look like hot Neville. I look like Harry Potter one and two Neville. <gasps> Um, I, I'm not going to comment. I, I'm just, I'm going to go for the hot Neville, but wh- whatever you see in the mirror is what you see. So there we go. <laughs> okay, let's let's get away from me being Neville for a second. Um, and as I mentioned to you pre this interview, I have done my homework on you and I've got a quote attributed to you. Did I say it or did someone else say it? You have said this apparently. Um, oh, this, this isn't like a political interview. I'm not Andrew Marr. You haven't made some horrendous comments back in the 80s. But... <laughs> The, oh, wow. the quote is, if coconut oil can't fix it, improv can. I wondered what you mean by that. <laughs> I definitely did say that. Um, coconut oil is, um, in my opinion, one of those things that you can use on anything. Um, if you've got any issues, coconut oil is there. It's great for your um, soul. It's great for your body. It's great for um, the outside and inside. Um, and I feel like improv definitely has so many facets to it. Um, the more I do it and the more people I meet through improv, I'm thinking, wow, this is just really a holistic approach to positive well-being. This is how this is a great way to go back um, and refine your inner child and that sense of play that's just so important as a creative and so important, important as a, a person in business, whatever business you're in. If your business is being at home, it's going to even help you with that as well. Um, yeah, improv can solve a lot of things in conjunction with other stuff. That's my um, caveat. <laughs> How pleased are you that that was the quote I got for you? Yeah, I know. I am really pleased. <laughs> I believe it. I've said a lot of things um, <laughs> that maybe I've said it now. It's too late. It's too late. I stand by this. Okay, great. Um, basically, what I wanted to get onto was you are well known for being um, a very approachable improviser. So if someone were to approach you after a show, which I believe has probably happened a fair few times, and they asked you, what are your top tips for being an improviser? What would they be? Um, do it. Get in, get involved as much as you can. Um, do the kind of improv that like 
is just tasty and fun to you, what you're drawn to, you're going to see a lot of people doing improv in a certain style. And you might say, oh, my gosh, this is me. It calls to me. But sometimes that might not be for you. Um, just because the kind of improv that you're drawn to or you want to make is not necessarily the mainstream or your mainstream. So whatever you're seeing, um, still just pursue whatever you want to do the main thing is just do it do it in like the front room push out the chairs you know what i mean do it in like hired out spaces helping other creative people by spreading the wealth um do it on stage go to oh my gosh go to jams go to jams go to jams i love jams so much um before i had um people to play with regularly jams were like a lifeline because you can go there and I, you don't ever have that guilt of like oh I can't make it because of work or I'm really tired because you're just taking yourself there so that's a great thing to just just take yourself on a date and go go to any of the jams and most jams I go to are so friendly and they want you to be there so top tips just go out there and do it and go to as many jams or as many workshops as um, is good for you um, there's a lot of things that are accessible for what while people in the improv community are trying to do. So um, it's not just a pay-to-play situation because that can really put people off. Research, there's lots of diversity funds out there for you. And diversity means like the all different aspects of um, people as well. So just do it, do it, do it, do it, and then do it some more. <laughs> that is entirely the answer I thought you were going to give because you are probably one of the most improv positive people I know. And even someone who is quite nervous about jams myself, uh, you've convinced me now. Yay! But then if you go and then you go a couple of times and you're like, this is not for me, don't force yourself. Just because everyone else is having fun doesn't mean it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Because you've been teaching improv for how many years now at Hoopla? Oh, I, I don't think it's been that many years. I feel like it might have been two years, a year and a half, but you probably have got the information in front of you. you you'll know better. I'm really bad for time because I, I, also, I often forget, but I feel like I've seen two Christmases. You've seen two Christmases at Hoopla and you teach beginners courses a lot. Yes, I um I am addicted to the joy of people just finding improv or just revisiting it. Um, it is, it's addictive, it's a drug, and it's super, super fun. And I recently, I'm not sure whether it's going to air, did my first level two, and it was glorious. Excellent. I mean, uh, what were the differences for you between teaching beginners and performance level? Fear for me. Um, I definitely felt like they were my babies and I wanted to make sure that my babies were having fun. Um, they were learning, but they was also um, safe and managing everyone's uh, expectations and also some anxieties as well, because even if you're quite outgoing person, stepping on the stage and saying, hi, everyone, please look at me. I'm entertaining can be really difficult. So I'm managing that and also managing my um, anxieties just as a person in a sense of I'm like, I hope everyone's OK. Is everything um, is everyone feeling comfortable? Is everyone having fun? Has everyone had enough input? Um, so that initially was my like, oh, I'm really, really uh, a little bit nervous. But 
as I say to other people, just like go in it and put a name on anything. If you're just like, oh, I'm so excited, say it because other people are probably feeling it, feeling it too. Or if you're just like, I've got butterflies because something's coming, tell them. Um, so if you're feeling like your class is a little apprehensive or a little nervous, and it could be a beginner's class or a performance one, what are your favourite exercises to get them out of that headspace? I think in just going, I, I think always just going back to basics is a beautiful thing because at the end of the day, as long as you've got a great foundation, a great foundation of one, especially at Hoopla, we're here to have a really good time. So one, I want you to make sure that we're having games that are fun, that, um, that you're listening, um, that you're committed and you're just, you're going with the flow, but always just being a good human being because improv is not necessarily about just saying the first thing that comes to your mind because sometimes the first things that come to my mind might not be the appropriate things to say but it's about just letting yourself go and trusting that you're a really good person so i love sea monster uh, oh okay before i say the exercises i know this you're on the hoopla podcast so obviously you're maybe going on the website but look at all the resources i say it all the time to everyone i tell everyone at shows i tell every like i tell all my colleagues there's such a wealth of resources on the awesome hoopla, hoopla website go to it and they're so well explained and it's all nice and shiny so sea monsters awesome nice for just getting really loose um i love word association I love copying as well in all its different forms. I love playing a game that I call Giant Rock, Paper, Scissors. It's not on the Hoopla um, website, but come to one of my workshops and you'll play it. And how exactly does that work? Okay, so Giant Rock, Paper, Scissors, is a, the group is put into two teams, um, one on one side of the space, one on the other. Each team as a group, you're going to decide if you're going to be rock, paper or scissors. And before this, I've showed you what the um, physical positions for rock, paper and scissors are. We've agreed it, they're all the same. So in your two groups, secretly, you're like, what are you going to be? You're all going to be one thing, all in this together. Then you come up to each other and it's kind of like a face off. So it's one line facing the other line, as if maybe you're gonna fight or dance, I don't know. Um, and then all together we say rock, paper, scissors, and then we go and shoot. So rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and you take up your position, be it rock, paper, or scissors. If you are the victor, you've got to tag the people um, on the other side. And if you tag them, they join your group. Um, if you are not the victor, if you are the loser, um, you need to just run back to your homie before getting tagged. Because if you get tagged, you need to go on the other person's team. So you're just con constantly winning, um, losing. But the main thing is you're having fun. And I feel like that's a really good foundation for improv as well. Yeah, I think it's um, something I noticed with Hoopla when I started, the joy of failure and like celebrating it and not worrying about it. Yes, definitely. We're so afraid to make mistakes, including me. I'm not above it. <laughs> and also, like, mistakes cost money. Mistakes equal ridicule. Mistakes might be quite triggering. Mistakes make us nervous. Mistakes make us, I don't know, question some things. But actually, in order to make something, in order to move forward, we have to make mistakes. Because if we're getting it right every single time, one it might be enjoyable, but it can be quite boring and you're not learning anything. You try something, that doesn't work. And then by happy mistake, it turns into something else. So we've really, really got to embrace it in a safe space. And that's what improv is and should be. And if it's not, question it. And if you question it and you don't feel comfortable, leave the room <laughs> and come to somewhere happy and safe like Hoopla. <laughs> 
I think a lot of people, if they've come from a professional environment before taking the class, it really allows them to forget all about that and leave it at the door. Definitely. Always come in. And I, um, I'm i a youth worker as well. And I do this with my young people. Put your feet together and then like spread yourself out. Check in with yourself and just say, we're here at whatever location we are. We're here in London. We're here to do improv and everything else can just jog on because this is where we are. And then let's move forward. That's the perfect mantra. I also want to talk to you about something that you're very well known for at Hoopla, which is your hosting. You bring a joy and enthusiasm to the room that I think is pretty unrivaled. For anyone who's like looking to host or compare, what would you say are the best ways to engage a crowd for a night of improv or comedy in general? Um, this is something I, I learned from watching lots of MCs and hosts and TV and theatre and stuff. And also when I went to um, Edinburgh um, and I saw Kima Bobs, uh, one of her, her shows, she's on many, many shows. She's a, a comedian. Check her out, Kima Bob. Um, she definitely said, she said, welcome to the party. And that literally stuck with me. She opened the door. She wasn't waiting on stage. She wasn't waiting behind. She said she opened the door. She said, welcome to the party. She was talking to um, uh, the audience. Then she started the show. And it really just, for me, summed up the fact of, yes, it is a party. Yes, welcome. Because you've got to remember that everyone that you're inviting in into the space, be it a free show or a paid-for show, you want them to feel warm, welcome, and safe. Safe doesn't mean that you might not that you can't say anything risque, but safe means that, you know, we're having a really good time. Like nothing bad is going to happen. You might feel a bit like, oh, let me tighten my sphincter, but like everything, it's like it's good, clean, safe fun. So what I say to people is make people feel comfortable, welcome them in, talk to them like they're human beings. And as, as much as you can, be the best version of yourself. Because I really like to have an atmosphere on stage when I'm just like, hi, guys, I'm excited about this thing. Are you excited about this thing? Come on this journey with me. And I feel like if I faked it, I think one, maybe I can fake it for quite a while, but it'll be quite exhausting. So I think it's really good to just be be yourself, be welcoming. I'm very quite loud. That's my kind of kind of like best version slash stage persona of me but if you're not that person that's cool because people will be like oh they're genuine and they make me feel safe and it's so beautiful and fun so yeah welcome them in talk to them like they're people and enjoy the show oh and also know your shizzle yeah i think <laughs> you that... know who's on know how to pronounce their name if you can't pronounce their name and you mess it up you are you well just learn to say everyone's name know what's happening if something goes um wrong or something that's out of your control it's fine because like we're we're not doctors no one's gonna die just name it something falls um a prop falls down name it pick it up but yeah know what's going on i'm a big believer in making sure i've got all the information and i put at the side so i might just have at the side so i look what's next then go on stage because me personally i don't like going on stage with um anything no clipboards no bits of paper that i take from my bra which i have done before but if for you a clipboard works for you do it um did it take you a long time to find your own groove and your own hosting style um, I remember doing one of my first 
Hoopla shows and uh, Jules um, was the tech and I remember wearing like an off the shoulder thing and I kept pulling Jules is a beautiful person but if you don't want honesty don't go see her <laughs> she, she's beautiful but she'll, she'll be honest about it in a nice way she's just like stop touching your clothes you keep pulling it up everything's fine with your outfit and that was just me manifesting my nerves I was just like hi guys um, I've been given an opportunity I hope I don't mess it up so I remember being so, so nervous. So as time's gone on, I've definitely said to people, hi, can I have some feedback? I'm ready to learn. What What are you feeling from the seats? Because from the stage, it can be very di- um, difficult. Um, so asking people for their views. Um, also, people will give you their views, even if you don't ask anyway. But <laughs> for when people aren't giving you their opinions, ask them about it. And just keep doing it. Keep doing it doing it doing it and really really listening to your audience because you need to know when you need to just stop and bring the next act on you know when the um, you need to know when the crowd needs a little bit more energy in there because at the end of the day I as a host am just here to facilitate all the awesome acts that are going on I hope that you feel really comfortable but um, I'm not the main event the main event is this awesome magic witchcraft and wizardry that's going to come on from the improv so i just want to yeah just bring that on and if something goes wrong be be honest as well you you never say a negative thing about what um someone's done on stage but i'm very big on just naming it or just going that was fun i also was a little bit scared at times but it was fun yeah be honest but be kind that is brilliant. I, I can say from personal experience, having watched you and then having um, hosted some nights, I definitely tried to be you. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm not Monica. So um, I can't do X, Y and Z and it doesn't feel as natural. So um, I think there is probably a part of just accepting what your own individual skills are and not trying too much to emulate people you've also seen. Um, I, I definitely took on board the look at the audience in the front row and make eye contact which was a very good one because before I was just looking at the back wall and just being like, that's where the audience is. And then nobody's there. Nobody stands there. (laughs) Definitely just being yourself. What is your own style? And definitely see some other people and go, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. But yeah, definitely. You've got to be you because everyone else is (laughs) taken. That's a very good, that's a very good way of putting it. My next point I want to come on to is your two prov because Two-person improv is quite a daunting task for improvisers who are new and experienced because you don't have anyone to edit your scene a lot of the time. But what made you and Jodie Ann want to jump in the deep end on that? Um, For us, we saw it as necessity. I know, um, obviously, improv is not like a human right, although I think I was close to it. (laughs) But we were in a group already, and if anyone's listening and they're in groups or they're starting to be in groups, or if you haven't, don't worry, I'm going to tell you about it. Getting people together is so difficult. People keep having babies. They keep having to work so they can, like, have rent and a house and food and stuff like that people have other jobs going on people have other commitments people are just people so they've got a lot going on inside as well as well as their external world so every time our group was coming together it got to the point where we were the only ones that are available or we're trying to find a day that suits everyone but then you have that little bit and let's be honest that bit of resentment because someone goes oh um let's do mondays i'm thinking i can't do mondays and they're like oh we'll change to mondays but then in my mind i'm thinking but you never come something always comes up yeah <laughs> so we're changing 
Mondays, but I, don't, I feel like it's a, yeah. You, you're 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 probably not going to be able to be there. Um, and that's aside. Uh, our segue is the fact of when you're ever doing anything, just know how much you can put in. Because sometimes I've had to go into something and go, do you know what? I, I really can't get into this because I won't be able to give it my all, and I won't be able to give it enough time. Um, or or just at, at the point where you're deep in it, go, do you know what? I'm going to have to just take a step out, pause from this group, this activity, this whatever I'm doing, because it's not really working. So to go back to the point, me and Jodie Ann were the only ones that were free. And then we were just sitting in Jodie Ann's beautiful flat. We were just like, well, it's just us. Should we just do something? But let's not do... We was part of a short form group. Let's not do the short form stuff because we feel like well, we're like stealing something from other people. Let's just take all the bits that we like, the the storytelling, the fun of short um, short form, and make our own thing. So we're still in that group, but we're the only ones that are free. And then born of that was Derek's mojo out of our love of like telling a story and a love of playing games. Because it is such a hybrid, it's such a different sort of two-prod that I don't think many people have seen before, and it's so fast-paced. It feels like the pace is like relentless but very slick. How long did it take you guys to come up with that sort of show? I think it it was born of like, do you know what, maybe like a year of just messing about in Jodie Ann's front room, you know? And also it was born from um, years before that of um, just being, well, beginning a relationship, a friendship and going with that. So like, I'm just mucking about with my best friend. And then it's a year of trying things out on uh, on different stages that were giving us a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes, um, well, I say a couple of minutes, like five minutes here, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, building up to 20 minutes. And that's how it was born of keeping going back to it, keeping seeing each other. If we don't want to improvise, sometimes we just sit there and chat because we've had a, like, we're humans too. We've had a hard day. Other things are going on. We're like, do you know what? I don't want to improvise today. And you can because there's only two of you and go, let's just chat. And I'll just sit on a sofa and we'll just chat. But we're still like connecting. So it was just born of that, of like a year, a year and a half of just keep doing things. And we're still changing because yes, we are very fast paced um and for and it's it is exhausting <laughs> especially when you do like 40 minutes or an hour of of that much of energy so we are looking at changing up our tempo because it's great to have that so much energy but it's exhausting for us and sometimes it's exhausting for our audience so now the direct promotion exists now definitely have short form games in a longer narrative that we just put in spontaneously but it does have that moment of just ha- taking a bit of pause a moment of just like really going in deep to the um the emotion and the relationship as as well and that's how it's yeah it's, it's grown and it will keep growing because we're trying out things i've noticed your show change um since i've seen it it is fast-paced but it draws you in so much because you're like i've never seen this before ever um but for anyone who is like you said who has a group that maybe can't commit but you have a couple of people who can and maybe it's a three prov maybe it's a two prov they probably are scared by the idea of not being able to edit or being stuck in a scene how would you address that or what would you say to those people um, I'd say like think about what do you enjoy about improv because you don't want it to become like a job that you feel like you have to do you have to turn up to rehearsals with those two people with those three people say one before you even start talking about format go how much can you commit to this 
Um, and for me, commitment does not mean I'm going to do this 100% of the time. I'm not going to do anything else. Commitment just says, realistically, do you know what? We can do once a month. Realistically, we can do... I'm, I'm free every other Tuesday or I'm, I'm free um, every week. So before you even start making something, just go, how much are we putting into this? Because then you can get out ahead of the facts of having a rehearsal and then it cancelled because really you took on too much and you've got a big project on at work or you've got 60,000 other improv groups. So before you even start, just go, okay, how much are we going to put into this? Once you've um, done that, talk about what do you love? What do you, Because you're in the other group. What do you love about the other group? And then widen it. What do you love about improv? And then do those things. Um, just The improv that you've seen before and that you're doing at the moment, doesn't. that's not all the improv is, you might invent a whole new thing, or you might, sorry, I'm going to sneeze. That's making the you might, invent, <laughs> <laughs> you might um, um, invent a whole new thing, or you might see another show and go, oh, actually, that's how they edited. Or do you even need to edit? Can you just walk off stage and be bold enough because you're going to start something new? Um, don't be afraid to just try stuff out. You'll have a rehearsal, you'll come out of it, and you'll think, gosh, we're not going to use any of that. But now you know that you're not going to use any of that. And then the next, well, you end on a fun game or you'll go to the pub or you'll go and sit in the park or whatever. So you're all, always ending on a positive, but you'll just find something new. Find your own groove. Don't worry about the fact of, oh, it's only just us because you can do a set that's only five minutes. No one, when you're first starting out, is going to say, um, actually, we booked you for 10 minutes and you was only eight. Like, they're not, when you first start, they're not going to be like this. It's not like potentially how some stand-up sets are. People will be like, fine, just don't go over. <laughs> well, I think that is, and not to plug the origin of this podcast too much, but Hoopla pre-parties are perfect for that. Yes. It's, it's literally just like, just go for it. And never be afraid to just end it. I'm very, I'm very big on the fact of, and I say this when I'm teaching my classes, if I edit a scene, it's not because I'm not enjoying it. You're editing the scene because one, it's had the biggest laugh or it's had the biggest sigh or it's had the bi biggest intake of breath or it's heightened at some point or I just want to cut it because n like the next line, we might all want to know it, but let's have that suspense. Do that with your show as well. Just go and that's our show and you've only done five minutes, but gosh, it was gold. And people remember that. And you end with that high of just like, oh, let's do more. Yeah, I think that I don't think we can better that answer. Um, what I want to come to next is that you are known for being passionate about increasing BAME representation in improv with special delivery nights, with do the right scene. Um, is this an area that you have seen improving over the years and how much work still needs to be done? So, so much, so, so much. Um, I can only talk as a black British woman. And there's obviously, when it comes to our diversity, there's so many different, yeah, we are diverse, be it our size, be it our um, backgrounds, be it like how much money we have, be it um, our access to education, be it our colour, our gender, our sexuality, all of these different things. We've got so, so far to go, but we we have come a, we have come a long way but we can only get better i think people are very aware they're trying their best and for for now that's okay but they're trying their best and then they're trying to then go a little bit better 
what, what have I seen a difference? At first, um, on the London scene, and I know London is not the centre of the world, please go to other places. <laughs> um, the fact that um, Do The Right Scene was the only, like, fame group, really, that were regularly performing and out there. Now you have comedians, and you, it was like one of London's first um, all-black improv troupe, which is kind of like a tagline, but... we after talking we're like this is not a positive thing like we don't want to be the only ones because yeah we don't want to be the only ones and having the comedians and they're um, building up their um, regular nights at the Bethnal Workman's um, Club and um, having um, slots on various different um, improv nights and stages as well it's just so beautiful and seeing the fact that people that have come to watch our special delivery show which is a monthly show that we have at Hoopla um, who's done Crash Landing which is our workshop that we have before the show and it gives you an opportunity to be part of the show seeing them do courses seeing them building groups it's just so so beautiful because for anything to be truly awesome and reach awesomeness I feel like you need diversity you need those different voices when you've got people that are all the same type of people you can be great but it can only be a certain amount of great but you've got to have that diversity so you can have those different voices to go to that different level that like you wouldn't even know because you've never lived that life or you don't know that aspect or it just it just helps you grow so yeah yeah let's do more let's be better um i'm always definitely trying to be better because i think especially when they we talk about diversity I do feel like we lean towards maybe black Caribbean Africans and you'll be like, okay, right, there's a black person in the show, we've got good diversity. But also what about all those other ethnicities that aren't that aren't seen? Especially with like East and South um, um Asian communities as well. Why when you've got a night in East London, why are there no Asian people there? Because like there's loads of Asian people in East London. Why is not your theatre a slice of society that's outside because one that's a, a whole new pool of awesome people that can be involved in improv and two it's money if you even want to just think about business that's like that's money isn't it these people want to be entertained they want to do something why are they not in and that's a question you need to always ask like why 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 do people come to us and why do people not come to us and it's a difficult question to ask because you have to really face some things like oh what we're doing is beautiful, but not everything is right. And what we're doing is we want to be really inclusive, but are we actually? Because why do people come and not stay? So that's what, yeah. Do you think maybe because improv, especially in London, is seen as, we're seen as quite inclusive and we like to, to think of ourselves as such, do you think maybe we get lured into a bit of a bubble of oh we are doing enough or we we you know we are really inclusive and friendly but that's that's not maybe taking into account the reality of the situation? No, definitely um, because saying like for example it's like um, working at a school um, all schools will have a bullying policy but all schools will also have bullying. <laughs> um, and the way that people like actually move forward on those policies, like you'll go to one primary school and um, if someone's going through bullying, it will get sorted out quickly or it'll get sorted out as, as, as well as it can be. 
And some schools, actually, the bullying will just continue, continue. And always, people always say, oh, we have a, a bullying policy within the school. How do you deal with bullying? We have a bullying policy within the school. Like you say, with all theatres, all spaces, we have a diversity policy. Or improv is just for everyone. It's open to everyone. It's really inclusive. Um, and then you get that false sense of security of being like, well, actually, what's inclusive to you and makes easy access to you is not necessarily easy access to everyone. We can't be everything to everyone, but you can. But we can be better, and we can, yeah, we can try to be better. I think that's a really great, great way to put that. Um, if we can move on to something that you did personally, that I think a lot of people who um, around Hoopla and beyond would like to know about, is your attendance and your performance with the Comedy Store Players. Oh, oh I know. Oh. Everyone was very excited. Um, for all aspiring improvisers, what was that experience like with the Comedy Store players? And can you give us any behind-the-scenes gossip? Yes, let me tell you the whole story. Okay, so <laughs> I was with my partner, and I see an email. We we just went to we just came from seeing Waitress. Um, I, I saw an email, and then I looked at it, and I was just like, it was from Lee Simpson, and I was just like, no. It must be something, I don't know what he was asking, but I was like, it can't be asking that. And then I was just, <laughs> I literally put my hands on my face in the days where we could put our hands on our faces. And I was just like, what? And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Fast forward to nearer to the time, Lauren Shearing, who um, is part of Breaking and um, Entering, she was also on the show and she's done it before. So the day before or a couple of days before she spoke to me about, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, I've, I've seen um, the comedy store, because I've been going for ages. <laughs> I've seen them before. Um, and then I uh, saw them more, uh, I think it was around Christmas time and I was doing it in January. So I went to go and see them on my own at Christmas, just to have a little refresh. And then uh, Lauren told me about, okay, this is what we're going to be doing. It's this, and I know it sounds, I haven't seen it like loads of times and it's literally the same game. Don't test me because I can't remember them, but it's the same games and every, the same show every night. Well, it's not the same show. And I was just like, wow, they've been doing this for a really long time. They're still really enjoying it. But anyway, so she told me about the games and she also said, oh yeah, and there's a montage at the end. There's a singing in it. And then I like, my stomach just turned because I definitely, I, I'm very aware that I portray a very confident person Ask me, yes, and I'm going to do it. But I, 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 I get nervous. Everyone gets nervous. And singing is my kryptonite. I, um, it, it brings me so much, so much fear. Uh, but my want to entertain obviously trumps that. So I was just like, I'm so glad she only told me now. And I was literally Googling how to sing an improv on <laughs> YouTube. I'm not lying. You realise that now, anytime anyone's in a jam with you, they're going to pimp you to sing. <laughs> Well, do you know what? It's like, how, I need to face my fears anyway. And then obviously, um, if you've ever Googled how to sing from improv on Google, it's not good enough. You need to go to a couple of workshops. You need to see a lot of like musical improv. You need to talk to people. It's not a thing you can just learn in a couple of minutes on YouTube. <laughs> um, it's a crime. But then I just said to myself, at the end of the day, one, not everyone, they're singers, but they're not all like professional singers and it will be fine. Um I went there and I was also thinking, like, one, I know Lauren, she's awesome, but also these are gentlemen that have um, all look a certain way and have been doing this for a really long time. Is it going to be that thing when, like, they're the friends cast and I'm, like, the new person coming into it? <laughs> and they weren't like that at all. And I'm always ready to kind of, like, combat some 
like not cool things and like maybe inappropriate stuff or like there might be stereotypes that people throw upon you um, in improv um, because they think it's funny but um, it can actually be really hurtful and I didn't need to do any of that I didn't need my sword I didn't need my shield I didn't need my reflector because they were so chilled it was just so beautiful and they when we came um, in for the end of the show and also for half time, they just had so much joy, like giggling about what's happened on stage. Like, oh my gosh, when you did that. And I was just like, this is amazing. You've been doing this for so, so many years, two times um, a week, and you've still got this joy for improv. And it was just so beautiful to just see this family. That And it was a family because they've grown up together. Um, and they've gone through, I'm sure, like marriages, births, divorce and deaths all all together. It was part of a family and they really just, really just welcomed me in. So I wish I could dish some dirt about some like, hor- no, I can't dish any dirt. They were just so, so beautiful. Did you allow yourself a little moment um, any point at half time or like maybe if you're standing um, on the side just to think, oh, my gosh, what stage am I on? I can't believe I'm here. I, I did it in the dressing room. I was just like, everyone, just to let you know, I'm really excited. <laughs> I think, and I, I say this all the time, but I really just try and name how I'm feeling just to be like, oh, I just want to like, I suppose the cool thing would be like, oh yeah, whatever. But no, I'm like, I'm really excited about this. And it's, yeah. And they were also really aware that like, it is exciting and it is very nerve wracking. Well, it can appear very nerve wracking, but it was just so, so beautiful. And I felt like I was just like, improv is a village. And I was like the village girl that came from it. And all the other people from the village and the town were there. And like my family were there, but also like um, my other family, like Hoopla family and improv family all came to watch and support. And it was just so beautiful. And I just felt like, yeah just so so loved and obviously there were randomers there as well because they're allowed in the comedy store <laughs> <laughs> yeah those people uh, that, i mean who needs gossip when you've got a tale that joyous um that's really lovely <laughs> moves me on to my next point if there was to be a show and i think you know considering who you are that might not be too far around the corner in honor of monica gaga and, and you get to curate it you get to pick what three acts you would love to play on that bill who would they be okay i'm gonna exclude the acts that i'm in because i'm gonna try and not make it a vanity project i've seen as that one where like um like her majesty's theater where i sit in the the, the queen's box which is the most terrible seat because you can't see anything we can put you <laughs> wherever like, wherever whatever venue you can all also pick it as well we give you control over the venue what seat in that venue you can have oh my gosh this is so so much okay we are you know what let's just go let's go to the lyric um in the west end beautiful because um i remember seeing showstoppers um there with my friend and just thinking oh my gosh this is improv and also i've sat in the pub with these people as well (laughs) um so let's do the lyric um, and uh, tickets are pay what you want, um, but it all goes to charity. I haven't picked the charity at the moment because depending when it's on, that's what charity will like. All charities need money, but wh- whatever needs it at the moment. So pay what you want. So you can go for free if you want to, but you can pay up to a certain amount. Who is going to be in it? The Glenda J Collective. Brilliant. They're going to be in it. 
I remember seeing them at the Soho Theatre and just being like, oh my gosh, I just, this is just, yeah, you're writing scripts in front of me with your words. And that's Pippa so the, Evans, uh, Carrie Adloy, Josie Lawrence and Ruth Brett, am I right? Yes, and there may be other... I'm terrible, terrible with names. Although it's good because it keeps me humble because I can meet someone and be like, I can't remember who you are. <laughs> it keeps me humble. Because um, then I don't give anyone any airs or graces. I just treat everyone the same because I can't remember them. So that will be there because I love a little bit of music. Oh, what else is going to be? Oh, I feel the pre- Okay, uh, this is also not doesn't make good podcast listening. Just going. Arr. Okay. Blackout Improv, um, who are a BAME improv or POC improv group from America. Um, I always fluff between BAME and POC because I just feel like I'm not sure if those are the best terms for like people of colour and stuff like that, but it's all we have at the moment. Um, so, Blackout Improv, the Glenda J Collective, and oh, what else do I want? Oh, there's so many. Let's go for a headline act. Let's... Who's going to headline? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, those, those two could headline. I'm tossing up between Showstoppers because Showstoppers was um, one of the first improv groups I saw properly on stage. I remember that working in a little theatre and they came to do a show there in the back end of nowhere um, and be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I got addicted to them. Oh, is it going to be Showstoppers? But then some of them are in gender glay and like, they need a writ of arrest, don't they? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Is it going to be Bumper Blighton? Oh, because it's just so joyous. Oh, oh, my, oh, okay. This is this is too much editing. I am going to pick. It's not necessarily the headline, but I am going to pick breaking and entering. Great choice. So you've got there we go. the Glenda J Collective. You've got Blackout Improv, and then you've got Breaking and Entering. Um, I think yes. I think what we do now is we get on the phone to some agents. I th- see what availability the lyric has. Oh, who's going to host it if you're not hosting, if you're in the crowd? Oh, my gosh, there needs to be a, a host. It's going to be hosted by Matthew Bateman, who is my um, youth theatre um, like director, who then became my friend and my colleague, because we're adults now. It's going to be um, hosted by him, Jodianne FR and somebody's name from a hat. So there's going to be a group of female identifying improvisers. You get to put your name in a hat and then you get to host a show because I reckon there'll be like a couple of like lotteries because like the idea that you can like, I don't know, you've gone to see a big show or whatever and you go, oh my gosh, one day I'm going to perform in this place and then you actually do would just be mind blowing. Well, I think that is an absolutely fantastic way to end this podcast. Monica, thank you so much for being a guest on the Hoopla Impro podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Leo. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Hoopla Impro podcast. You can listen to other episodes at hooplaimpro.com. We will also find an amazing resources section for further top tips and games. And do give us a shout out on Twitter and Instagram at Hoopla Impro. See you next time.